the call or sound from Zion. Can we read it together? One, two, go. Blow the horn in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the presidents of the land or residents of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. In fact, it is near. Please, can you drop the sound a little bit more? Just a little bit. Amen. As a student in secondary school, one of the things that navigated our lives was sound. In those days, it wasn't that they weren't buying us wristwatches. They bought us wristwatches, but one way or the other, we'll get to school and while showing off with our wristwatches, the watches will spoil. Sometimes those watches were even stolen. So we had to live life in school moved by sounds. We became so precise in our knowledge of sound that we knew when it was math time when they ring the bell. We knew when it was short break with the way the timekeeper rings the bell. It was bagown, bagown. We didn't need to check that it was 10 o'clock. But as soon as we hear bagown, bagown, we knew that it was short break. As soon as it's 12 o'clock, we knew the sound of the bell. It is bagown, bagown, bagown. That's long break. And as soon as it is 2 o'clock, we also knew the sound of the bell. It was four times. Bagown, 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 bagown. Sorry, five. Bagown. And at those sounds, we didn't need wristwatches. All our lifestyle in school was governed by those sounds. Such that we knew that, oh, it was time to go home by a sound. We knew it was time for us to eat by a sound. And let me submit to you tonight, everything that makes up your life is governed by sounds. There are spiritual implications of sounds, whether you hear it physically or you don't hear it. As a matter of fact, when you begin to study scriptures, the day of jubilee in Israel is governed by a sound. Such that when there is a sound, automatically, everyone who is hearing that sound, whether consciously or unconsciously, they begin to respond to it. In the days of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 3, the Bible was clear to tell us 
that the king made an order and said that every single person that hears this sound should bow. So whether the people liked it or not, once there was a sound in Babylon, they responded. Tonight, I want to talk about a sound from Zion. Because until you hear the sound, you might not come into many things that God has opened up for you to come into. And that is why I started by giving you an introduction of how a lifestyle can be governed by a sound. Many of us are football fans and we know that the beginning and end of a match, the beginning and end of a race is always by a sound. A sound is an encoded language such that it was just a sound but from that sound volumes have been spoken. Children cannot speak. All that they make that the mother needs to decode is sounds. Sound is a mystery such that if you can accurately hear the sounds that God is making to you and you align with it, you will move with speed upon the face of the earth. For so many people, so many sounds have been released where the issue lies in their life is that they have not been quickened enough to recognize what that sound means. And so they are misinterpreting many sounds and they are not being aligned. Moses was coming down the mountain and he had a sound. The Bible told us, Joshua said to him, this is a sound of battle. Moses looked at him and said, no, it is a sound of rejoicing. Have you been able to decode the sounds that have been sent in this sphere of the world that God brings to you daily, weekly, monthly, that are necessary for every decision that you make? Have you been able to align accurately for the sounds that God is bringing to you from Zion? Because your misunderstanding of those sounds will affect your decision. There were many days that we misunderstood the sounds in school. <laughs> and we know, you go for break time. When it is time for mass class and come late, you know that the teacher will beat you in class. That is the same way in the sphere of life. Many are misunderstanding the sound that God is sending from Zion. The platform to which God brings men from where they are to the dimension of glory is by his sounds. Because you see, there are many places in God that you cannot come into alone by zeal. As a matter of fact, there are many things in God that you cannot decide to do alone on the platform of zeal. There are many who have been zealous before. And as they journeyed in their zeal, they crashed because they didn't hear the accurate sound. 
Zeal alone is not enough to make a man run a marathon race. Strength is needed. And so God uses his instrument of sound to call him. Please try not to distract me. Know that you do. The wisdom of God operates by two dimensions. And we are talking about the issue of sound. Two dimensions. Whenever God wants to take a man from where he is to a greater glory, he uses two ways in the sound. Number one is called the stirrings. Please listen carefully to me because if you align properly to this in your life, it will change your life forever. As a matter of fact, the errors of a man's life is always predicated on his misunderstanding of these sounds and signals that God sends to him. I say it again. He introduces his wisdom to a man to bring him from where he is to the place of glory by two major ways. Number one is by steering. This was the method that God used for Samson. When you read Judges chapter 13 and 14, the Bible told us about Samson that the Spirit of God began to steer him. You see, as I was saying earlier, there are many things that will never be natural with your carnal man. Prayer is not natural with a man. You can't pray. That's what the Bible says. It's not a natural phenomenon to just decide, I want to be prayerful. Men are steered for it. How many times have you tried to wake up for vigil and then you will see how lazy you are? The steerings of God are always his instrument of summoning a man from where he is to where he wants to take him. So the Bible told us about Samson that the spirit of God began to steer him because the assignment that Samson had to do is not an assignment that you do with head knowledge. Do you know what God called Samson to do? God called one man to become an instrument of revival to a nation that was in captivity. Do you wake up and say you are strong enough? Has anybody done it in Nigeria? The little man that tried to make noise, they carried him and locked him up. And God began to steer a young boy who could not be recognized as a strong man by muscle. And God began to call him into a deep end that with you I can rescue a nation. Only a man can be steered for that. If you know the things that God has had certain people to do alone, you will be afraid. Do you know what it was for Daddy Gio to leave where he was having a big apartment to go into the bush? Men were steered for it. Many people have embarked with journeys with God without any support from anybody. It doesn't just happen. Steerings come. 
So when God wants to take a man from where he is to where he's taking him to, the first instrument is that he begins to steer him. I have had the strangest things in this world. I have had people rise up and say to me, God, God said to me to fast for 100 days. And the person that came to tell me, I'm looking out how lean he is already. And I'm saying, you want to go for another 100 days? How can somebody who has gone that far, he just finished a fast, he's been steered to do another one. It doesn't just happen. Be sensitive to what God says to you through steerings. For God began to steer something between Dan and Esther. That is how he calls men. He calls men by the instrument of steering. They will begin to find a burden in their heart to plunge into something deeper and bigger than them. Many times God has summoned us by steering. He has inspired us to do many things and with our own hand we never did it. There are many times God has even instructed us. He stayed up in our spirit. Approach this person. You never approached. How God takes men from glory to glory is on a platform of steerings. If only men will come to a posture in their life that as he steers them, they respond. Irrespective of what anybody tells you, as God steers you, be aligned to the instruction. He's about to take you to a dimension. There are many spiritual principles that will defy every urge, every imagination. Even your pastor will not tread that path because it's hard, but it will be God steering you to come. That's how he leaves me. The difference between a failure and a success is on the river of steering. Anyone who plunges into the river that God has steered, they are the ones who get the benefits. And so a man sat for 38 years, not waiting for much, but waiting for what? The steerings of the water. The reason why you have not seen the hand of God in your life is that you have not jumped when the river was steered. How I wish that every time that God steered you to wait behind you stayed. How I wish that when God said shut up, you really kept quiet because it was the steering to plunge you into something that will take you far. But many steerings came and we washed it like river. The difference between men was their accuracy when the Spirit of God began to steer them. What is it that makes a man stay at the point of steering for 38 years because he knew that was where his miracle was at the steerings of the waters? That's how he comes to steer us. It's his instrument of ceremony. On the year he asked for a separation, the person had not done anything unusual, but all of a sudden, a steering began. A dissatisfaction began. Could it be the instrument of God to take you from where you are to the place of glory? 
For every man he ever launches to glory, he steers them. Because he knows, he knows that there are many things you will never do except you are pushed to do it. And so, but God does not control a man. He doesn't want to take over our choices. So he uses his instrument of steering. Moses had such steering. The Bible said that as he looked up to the burning bush, he began to see leaves burning. But yet the leaves were not burnt. He saw a fire and then he became attracted. And that became a difference in his destiny. What he saw. What is God using to entice you that you are rejecting? Do you know that sometimes God uses things that are so unusual to entice a man so that he can bring you to perspective with him and yet we shut it down. When are you going to rise to understand the sermons from Zion that he begins on the platform of steerings? He steers your heart towards him. Because if you try to do it alone, you will try, but you will fail. Scriptures have said it. He said, young man, do not stir up love until it is time. There is a time that God comes by himself and he begins to stir you. Have you responded to steering? Have you responded? When my mom was looking for a son, she said one day, the man of God came to town. And all of a sudden, the stirrings came. It wasn't the most popular of them all. But the stirrings were there. And she ran after him. And knelt down. And immediately he asked her, What do you want God to do for you? And she had three requests. And on that platform of what came from her spirit, she asked for just one. And just like Eli, the man said to her, it is yours according to your request. And God should fall. Be sensitive to when God steers you. It is always his instrument of calling you to greater glory. A friend of mine got into serious trouble. Very serious. And I traced it back to the very day he asked me about a relationship in his life. I remember and I told him I said I remember how you looked at me on that day and you said should I connect with this person I remember even when the young man came inside and he pointed to him should I connect with this person and with cerebral knowledge I said ah, he looks okay but I remember the stirrings that was in his heart I say to you again 
how God takes a man from where he is to where he's taking him to is on the platform of steering. You are too weak of a man to decide to fast. You are not that spiritual. God is the one steering you to do it. If you have not started, better pick it up now. That's your desire to pray every night. You are not that holy to decide that every night now I'm going to be praying. That steering can only come by spirit. Better do it. How does a man wake up and say for 15 years I will wait upon God? It, it is abnormal. Only God steers such burdens. Only God. I'm waiting on this and staying on it because if you get it right with your sensitivity, your life will be changed. Our problem is always on the platform of not being quickened towards the signals that God is sending to us. Jesus said to them, why are you so slow of that? You are too slow. It has already passed. Ah! Why did I miss it? You must be quickened tonight. It's one of the prayer bodies that you will have to be quickened to know tell you the place of wisdom and then I will jump to the second thing. You see, it is on the platform of wisdom that a man understands the difference between what is good and what is a distraction. <laughs> Only wisdom teaches you that. There are good things that are distractions. It's only wisdom that teaches a man this is good. This is a distraction. It's good though, but it's a distraction. A man must be sensitive. And so the Spirit of God began to steer him between Dan and Esther. Because the commission of God over the life of Samson is not something that he could have gone into with cerebral knowledge. You don't train a child to rise up to fight against the Philistines. It's not what you learn in school. Only a man can be steered for it. It's not a training that you teach a child. Ah, you know, God has called you. You are going to be a special child. Though, so you are going to have strength. Though. When the Philistines come, just do like this. God is with you. You don't teach a child. It's a steering that comes from the inside. That I am more than this. What has he been staring within you to plunge into that you are yet to enter? We don't teach children. It comes from within. And Samson began to follow that patterns of staring. He began to understand the systems of God over his life. That he reached a point in his life that he couldn't doubt that God was with him. And God used him to wrote mighty things. And the Bible says, by the hand of Samson, the Philistines fell. Not by the, not by the army of Samson, one man. And he was able to conquer a territory. His sight became fear to men because heaven had steered a man and he plunged him. 
I say it to you again. An angel steers the water. It took a man 38 years to enter. How long will it take you to enter the steerings that God is doing in your heart? There is nobody that will rise and say that God didn't speak to him. He's error. Because as a child of God, you have access to the voice of God. You cannot say you have not had the voice of correction towards you. Many of the time we harden our hearts and a child that hardens his heart suddenly, that's what the Bible says, he will be destroyed. When will you hit steerings? I told the workers on Sunday, I said, God said, have fire to take the city in March. I'm a very calculative person. And as I calculate, I'm also very careful. I always tell people, extremely careful of my heart. You remember my first message, the heart cry of the son. It's my own personal study. So I'm extremely careful of my heart. So I begged God, I can't have it here too. Let's wait. I don't even know what it's about. But trust me, every single day that issues and issues are coming up concerning the meeting, heaven says, you are the only one I've given the assignment. Do my job, finish it, and I will take you where I'm going. Only steering to those things. Only steering. Number two, that takes a man from where he is to the place of glory is the call. So I started to explain to us that he's on a platform of sounds. The first one is a steering. The second one is a call. When you begin to read your Bible from Genesis and you get to Abraham, who was the first manifestation of what it meant to be called and you leave Abraham and you begin to go even to Revelation you will see pictures of men that were called the callings of God as you know are without repentance but one of the key things that you must understand is that the callings of God usually are not only for discussion. Every calling of God is for a purpose. And usually that purpose is beyond every man that has been called. Every calling of God is usually beyond the man that has been called. So when God steers and finishes the steering, he can also use his instrument of calling. And quickly, I have about five dimensions of calling. But for tonight, I will mention one. Someone has attacked me that, not attack, but a friendly conversation that I never finish a sermon. And it's true. There are five <laughs> that I finished before I finished my class on this. But let me mention one. The callings that God sends to a man. 
every man that God will use for something greater than him the first call that he calls the man is to a love affair please never forget this it is never about the assignment at first it's about him and he called them that they might what? Bible students that they might first be with him the first call whenever he wants to take a man from where he is to where he's taking him to is a call to a love affair Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 Paul says my prayer is that you will be grounded rooted and established in love When God calls a man, that calling is for that man to come to a depth of love. What some people call die-hard lovers. A love that cannot be shaken by storm. A love that cannot be distracted by what you have, by what you don't have. A love that is passionate about God. That's the first call. It's a call to a love affair. When he called Abraham and he began to ask him, separate yourself from your family, blah, blah, blah. He got to a point when he said to him, take that your son that you love and go and sacrifice him to me. And the Bible said, after it all, God looked at Abraham and said, Now I know that you love me. It almost sounded to me as if God was doubting everything that Abraham has ever done. Because the call that he calls a man is to a love affair. I'm concerned. Have you loved God so much to the point whereby? Your love cannot be shaken by circumstances anymore. Because until love becomes real in your heart, you will find it hard to chase God for the right reasons. Ketrin Kuman stood upon a platform, looked at thousands of people. And you know what she said? She said to them, the Holy Spirit is more real to me than you. When how, I, I sat down and I was trying to understand the gravity of what she is saying. How can somebody be so intimate with the Holy Spirit unseen and say that the seeing is not real? It's the one that nobody here can see that is real to me. What kind of love for God is that? That a man has become so intimate in this love affair that it looks as if they cannot be separated. God began to vow for Abraham. How do men matter so much to God in their intimacy and in their love that God says, I will not do anything until I've spoken to my friend Abraham. The call of God to every man is genuine, die-hard, passionate love for God. When you love God to the end, you will not have it difficult to love your fellow man. 
until God calls you to that depth of intimacy I don't know what he's calling you to it's never to ministry at first it's first to loving because at the end at the end and the greatest of them is what I can't hear you, are you no bible student and the greatest of them is love when you love God many things that you hold on to you will drop them on the table of love some young boys invited me recently and it will cost me a lot to travel on that trip and as I've been telling some people they're doing a lot of things at this point and I almost said no Ah, I wanted to say no I don't have that luxury to be doing all these things that they're asking me to do and then the greatest lover came again I said go and he knows the head and tail of everything but the word still came go do you love him your love will be revealed in three things. Number one, it will be revealed in your sacrifice. Whenever you realize that your sacrifice level is not good enough, ah, he shows your love. I know that we have heard of the beautiful messages on give your first fruit. How many of you have heard that powerful message? Give false fruit. And it's a great one because honestly, many people cannot even give that one. But on the table of love, do you know that what some people placed on that table was their job? Ah, you didn't get me. Let me explain it again. I know that you have heard that they said, bring first fruit. That's the first salary you get from a job. What some people gave God was not the money, was the certificate. Please, who, who loves more? Sacrifice always reveals love. You cannot grow to come to a point in your life whereby God is afraid to lay a demand. Because God is not going to ask you for anything that he has not first given you. I have explained those to us before the mystery of Hannah and Samuel. How it was easy for God in his message to reveal and release Samuel. It was because at the first point of his life, Every single time God has been the one giving, somebody said to God, give me a son and I will give him back to you. Is that not an interesting bargain? What it means is that, you see that my car that I like very much, I'm saying, doctor is asking me, give me your car and I will give it back to you. Yeah, take. And what's happening immediately? He's giving me back my car. Did I give him anything? 
question that God asks Peter or Jesus Christ asks Peter is that do you love me more than this? Because the real call is still a call to a love affair. Until you genuinely love him, you will never serve him genuinely. If there is anything you should begin to cry out for tonight, Mr. Father, awaken love with me. Love will determine what you say and how you say it. Love will determine your reactions. Love will determine your positions. Love will change your life around. The call from Zion is always a call to a love affair. Many have been redeemed, washed, cleaned, and just like the allot that God loved, they take that love and they throw it to the mud. But once again, the call from Zion is always a call to a love affair. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight. But the wisdom of God is hanging upon two platforms tonight. Number one, the steerings of God. Number two, a call to a love affair. You must love him. Even if anybody around you is not loving him, do everything possible to love him and to love him hard. We are reaching a point in our life whereby don't be interested in mundane things that carry no value. Love him. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it come to the mind of men. What God has in store for them that love him. He said, and then these things have been revealed by his spirit. For his spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man. So also no man knows the things of God, save the spirit of God. For he has revealed to us everything that has been freely given to us by God. Everything that has been freely given is on the platform of men who have come to that posture of diehard lovers. Because he is not just going to give them things. What a lover gives is not things. What a lover gives is himself. I hope you understand what I just said. A lover does not give things. A lover gives himself. So when you come to the platform of love, what is exchanged is life. I've explained it to us several times about how whatsoever it looks as if you cannot do without is really your life. Being alive is not what determines life. What your life is tied to that looks as if it's what sustains you, that is what really is your life. So for Abraham, his life was not the fact that he was living. Who was his life? I can't hear you. Who was his life? He was Isaac. That was all that he was. That was all he has waited for, for years, and God gave him. That was his life. But on that table of intimacy, there was an exchange of life. Do you love him tonight? Because when you begin to love him, 
<laughs> ah. Nothing will really affect you. Not what you think matters. But or not what you think does not matter. It won't affect you. Love. So on the table of love we know your love by your sacrifice. Number two we know your love by your obedience. Jesus Christ said if you love me then do everything that I command you. Number three we know your love by your separations. When you love God, all of a sudden, the Bible says the world system becomes your enemy. It says you cannot love God. It's impossible. And then the system of the world is still he said, if it is in you, then the love of the Father cannot be in you. There's a song I would have loved to sing. Unfortunately, our keyboard is the way it is. The song says, Take me deeper. Deeper in love with you. Jesus, hold me close in your embrace. He said, take me deeper. Deeper than I've ever been before. He said, I just want to love you more and more. All I want is that I want to be deeper in love. The summary of the message of Christ is love and his call from Zion tonight is to a love affair with him the moment you begin to love him your life will turn around tonight you are going to be praying for 10 minutes number one you are going to be crying to God tonight for an awakening in any way you have been missing the stirrings of the waters that man stood by the pool for 38 years and the stirring occurred he said how I wish I had a man to push me for many of us that's what we are looking for a man to push us you are looking for somebody to advise you. Ah, this is how you jump. This is how you do it. You might not find it. You know, people pray very funny prayers. And I hope that God will hear one of the prayers one day. So that we will know the meaning of the prayer that we are praying. One very scary prayer one day was, God, in case... I am running 
too fast. Please break my leg. And you know it's a good prayer. Abby, it's not a good prayer. <laughs> no, it's the pain of the man. <laughs> he knows but the truth about it. I don't mind the prayer. But my problem is that the man who led the prayer knows that he's running too fast. But he doesn't want to stop. He wants God to be the one to cut him down. And many times, the prayers and God looks at us, if I break your leg, <laughs> you are still the one that will say, God, this is too much, help me. God is staring you. Don't wait for him to break your leg because he won't break your leg. He won't break it. But he will always come awaken my sensitivity to your sound. That's all you're asking for. Awaken my sensitivity to your sound. It will cut across every area of your life. If your ears can hear the sound from Zion. Imagine we know the will of God. So can we be so aligned so much that we know His will? That's our problem. We are too confused. And that is why everything that comes to our way can distract us. Awaken me. Let me know the difference between what is good and what is a distraction. Ah, I know what I'm saying with that prayer. Let me know the difference between what is good and what is a distraction. Good things can be a distraction. Awaken my heart to be sensitive to your signals. And I've seen those who claim to know God so much fail on the platform of his tears. Some of us are seated here, you have had dreams, and they were hysterics. Some of us that are seated here, you have had encounters. Strange one. Strange. You knew that this is not normal. And they were hysterics. Awaking me to the signals of your spirit. Awaking I'm waiting for something. That's why I'm taking this time. Number two. Father, awaken love. You called me to a love affair. Ah, help me to come into it. Help me to receive what the fullness of the love of God is. Scripture says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God. What is that love of God? I want to embrace it. I want a love that I know that at the end it will be the only thing standing. I want it to ride in my heart strong. A love that cannot be consumed by anything in this world. A love that is a dire follower of Jesus. One of the things I love most was the boldness of Peter when he spoke about his love for Jesus. Jesus said, do you love me more than this? Peter looked at him and said, you know that I love you. Can you say that you love him? This is not that confession song. Yes, we love you, Lord. 
we love you Lord that we know that does not pass this roof no matter how loud we shout yes we love you Lord we love you Lord confessing what you are not possessing claim it, name it wasting time it will not do much until the love becomes real awaken love in my heart that will pursue you so that on the day he brings a command and he needs your boat you will give it to him that love must come from the inside I'm going to ask you again do you love him because until you start this love affair until you start this love affair they must start everything with Jesus the first call is to a love affair that's how it comes to me to a love affair can you be on your feet tonight as we pray these prayers from the bottom of our heart to the almighty God two prayers number one awaken my heart father to be sensitive to your signals to your signpost to your voice of correction to your request for realignment awaken my heart tonight you pray that prayer for five minutes after five minutes I will lead you for the second prayer can you go ahead and begin to talk to him